I recently came across a quote that said, I go to therapy so my mom doesn't have to. And to some degree, I relate to that. And I think a lot of people can, especially people that had fathers in their lives. Welcome to the Mental Health Podcast. I'm Tim, and I invite you on my journey to talk about men's mental health. Before we begin, as always, a brief disclaimer. I am in no shape or form a mental health professional. I'm just a man whose journey through his own mental health has helped him a lot and wants other people to experience that too. So join me. Let's uh, get the conversation about men's mental health going. In this week's episode, I will be talking about parenthood to some extent. I'm not a parent myself, so there's uh, just no way I can talk about what it is like to be a parent, um, to raise a child. But believe it or not, at some point, no, I think still am, <laughs> I am a child of someone and I was raised by someone. And so I can talk with you know, some confidence and some authority on the topic of being someone's child. What I want to look at in this episode in regards to parenting is the sh kind of culture we've created around men raising men, men being raised by men and women raising men and how that all plays a big part with men dealing with their own mental health. So let's get going. There was the story in the news here in Germany where um, to anyone who's new to the podcast or hasn't listened to the first few episodes where I discuss why I have such a weird accent. Um, I'm from Germany and there's been this news going around where the politicians and the government is discussing whether or not people should get a sort of driver's license for being parents. Now, I I find this a difficult topic and I'm not enough of an authority on the subject at all to make any claims of the validity of such an idea or not. Um, it feels interesting, <laughs> but it also feels wrong. But like I said, that's just my feelings. That's not an opinion um, because I don't, I don't have a formed opinion on it. But it did make me wonder um, what we can do um, because, you know, as much as I'm in favor of government regulation because, you know, some things are just too big for all the individuals to by themselves, I'm also a big fan of personal responsibility because we live in a society of people living together and if we all take responsibility for our actions and for our desires and for the impact we have on other people, then I think a lot of stuff would go quite a bit smoother. What do I mean by personal responsibility in regards to the um, driver's license for parenting? Because that's when what got me thinking about it is that I remember um, having a conversation with um, one of my parents and they went to therapy for some time and then they stopped going to therapy and they haven't been since. And I'm, as I said, not a therapist. I'm just the child or the son of this parent. 
and I believe that we can all um, that we can all benefit from our parents having therapy <laughs> because I have a lot of therapy because of issues that came about of the way my parent raised me and that is not to say that I blame them for the way they're raising me because they grew up in a system and they grew up with their parents being the way they are and they grew up not only they grew up under harsh circumstances but they also raised me under very harsh circumstances so it's not me now blaming them for who I am and how I am but I do believe had the path of therapy um, and had they kept on the path of therapy um, a little while longer some of the conflicts that we've had and some of the issues that I have may have been resolved quicker and I believe this is especially true for a lot of men who become fathers now I've talked at length about it but I'm happy to talk about it again because it is such an important topic that is so um, relevant for the conversation about men becoming parents and that is how we treat the idea of manliness and masculinity in our society where due to the patriarchal structures and the capitalist structures I am no playing that old tune again but it is just so relevant and the ideas behind them shaped by former generations of men and still by the generation of men and women now and the narratives that go along with it and if you want to know what I mean by narratives um, if you are on YouTube click somewhere here or down at the description below um, to listen to last week's uh, not last week's I don't do weekly anymore sorry uh, last the last episode and if you're on a podcasting app uh, just go back one week to find that episode again um, but because all of that leads to an idea that men need to go it alone men need to be the sole provider of their families or they need to have the answer to almost everything um, they need to make their own fortune and they need to have a fortune in order to be valuable for a lot of people and they need to um, show no weakness they need to be strong um, resilient reliable and just tough man they need to be men and they need to treat other people in a way that shows their dominance over them and that is especially true for a lot of men that have been raised no not for a lot of men for a lot of fathers of the men that are my age a bit older a bit younger now who still grew up in the 60s 70s 80s with these um, ideals very strongly um, impregnated in them is that can you say that about men i mean you can impregnate a jacket can't you let me know in the comments below if this is a if i can say this or not <laughs> the ideas and the men that are you know now becoming parents still quite a lot of them are being taught the same ideas um, and live up to these ideas but what it all means and what it all fosters is a way that men treat their children and especially their boys because 
in all um, in the um, if you look at the holistic picture here the way that men are taught the other people that are their opponents and that their enemies in achieving their complete and utter self are other men because men are taught to be this way men are taught to be the number one men are taught to be the best men are taught to you know be the winners of the system that we live in in order to get fame in order to get power but also in order to get partners and in the heteronormative society that we grow up lots of that is meant towards women but it means that they can only they can't show weakness towards other men they can show weakness to some women sometimes you know where uh, it works or they have this really big protection um no they have this sense of protection towards women who are not their enemy but someone they can take care of and their taught should take care of it does also apply obviously to some daughters um because some men are just dicks to everyone or some people are just dicks to everyone but this is a conversation about men and fathers um but it mostly relates to boys and men being raised by men this may not be a future enemy in that sense Unless you believe in the whole Freudian Oedipus complex, then they definitely are. But they are someone who needs to live up to all of these ideas. And they need to learn that that is the way a man behaves. And if a man needs to be self-reliant, self-assured, um, tough, resilient, and you know able to make his own fortune, then we don't really encourage those men to be kind and gentle towards their boys because that's not how this is taught. The way this whole reliance and this whole um, winning mindset is taught is by throwing them into the water and, you know, let them figure it out themselves. And, you know, men don't show weakness. Men don't show emotion. So they also don't show that to their children. And there is this... Um, anecdote that I've um, come across in the in the research for this episode because I don't just present my ideas here I also you know, look at other people's ideas and um, yeah I would love to also hear from you and your ideas your thoughts your feelings about this so you know man minus term minus health.com there's ample ways to get in contact with me you can message me or comment on YouTube uh, Instagram email and I'm just forms you know Hit me up. I'd love to talk to you or with you um, or, you know, bring your ideas forward anonymously, however you want to. This anecdote that I came across was this man talking about um, his father um, never showing any affection to him, never showing him much love, but always criticizing him um, in a way that he now later as a psychiatrist himself has come to terms with understanding he thought he was helping him that way. By criticizing his son, he was pointing out his weaknesses and pointing out how he could do better in order to be a better man later in life and not to be, you know, victim to other men pointing out those factors who may not have their best interests at heart like his father has. But what it did actually for the majority of that man's life was not only to alienate him from his father, there was not really a very intimate relationship, but also to feel very much like his father did not love him. 
that his father didn't really care for him or, you know, appreciate or, or thought anything positive of him, but only Thor, only Thor, he didn't Thor him, he wasn't frozen, only saw the things that were wrong about him or wrong with him. Until, that was, after his father had died, he found some letters in which that father wrote about his son to someone else, and I don't remember who it was, um, how proud he was, how great he was doing. But he didn't tell his son. And as I've also discussed in last week's episode, you know, the environment and the attachment we have with, not last week's, in the last episode, the way we are brought up and the way um, our caregivers interact with us and secure us and set the like, you know, treat us, sets the tone quite a lot for the rest of our lives. So this man always failed, felt like he wasn't good enough because the one person he really wanted to hear it from was the one person that never told him in person, but only to other people. And that story, story broke my heart. It was, it was just so sad. And it also creates a vicious cycle because if that's the role model we have, that's the way that children or that, you know, boys learn how men treat other men. Because children, from almost the day they were born, not really, but very early on, I'm not a, not a uh, um, excited. I'm not an expert on the psychological and physiological development of children, so I can't really give you the date from when children do that. If you have it and if you know it, just, you know, let's have a conversation at, uh, in the comments on YouTube. Um, but early on, children learn by watching us, by observing us. And then that's something they carry on for sometimes ever as the core memory, core trait, core belief um, of how people should treat other people. So... When men teach their sons, not necessarily by words, by telling them you should be this way, but by living it, by um, treating them in that way, by being a living, by being an example with their behavior, that that's the way that men are towards other men, that that's the way you should be, and that's the, you know, maybe the only way they can respect you, then you take that with you and that's how you treat other people and that's how you then raise your children and your son who does it to his son and i've seen this article many times and i find it hilarious because it's so true because the cycle is breaking this is not just a story a story it's not a story this is not just an episode about how uh you know, men can't raise their children and men suck because men, we don't suck, for one. There's always men who are dicks. There's also women who are dicks. It's not just based on our gender. It's how we interact with that world and how the world interacts with us and how we, you know, perpetuate? Yes, perpetuate um, these narratives. But if we break free from these narratives, we can open up ourselves and the world to a much better place where we don't need to be the villain because in many respects we are and that's not necessarily saying you personally just us as men but i'm 
to moving away. So things are changing. Men are breaking free of that cycle. Men are realizing, hey, this is how my father brought me up, but I didn't like it. I did not feel loved. And there's now more and more uh, narratives about men can show love without being, you know, weaklings, whatever that means, and show vulnerability. And I love the story where it said that millennials are <laughs> millennials are so much uh, less capable of DIY than the generation before them. And someone commented um, um, underneath, well, at least I can tell my daughter that I love her without breaking my arm. So I think I've got that going for me or something similar. I can't give it, can't repeat it verbatim, but that was the sentiment. And I love that because it's so true. We measure men by so many standards that just are unnecessary. Like, what does it mean that millennials are less good at DIY? Who gives a shit? I mean, does it say anything about us? No, it doesn't. It just says that maybe we don't have the time, the energy, or there weren't many people around who taught us these things, or that we, you know, prioritize different things. We don't need to occupy ourselves uh, with DIY projects in order not to spend time with our family because we might feel some negative or positive emotions that we don't know how to interact with or uh, navigate through. So maybe it's not that bad that millennials aren't as good. SDIY, at DIY, as not the people, the generations before them. Just thought. <laughs> so yeah, that's really positive. But I do still, just from interacting with other men that I know and from uh, hearing men talk on talk shows and internet and how they need to make sure that nobody can prove them wrong, that nobody can, you know, see that they're hurting or that they may be unsure because if they're unsure, they're weak and they're failing. And that still shows a lot about how these men perceive themselves and the world around them and how they think they should be um, for the world around them. So it's not completely broken. Not everyone has broken the cycle, but we can move towards it more by realizing that we can love our kids and we can tell them that. And if you don't feel you can do it because you've never been taught, like this is a lot of blame goes towards men for not being able to vocalize their feelings, vocalize their emotions, showing um, the, the love and kindness towards other people that is necessary in order for our society to be, you know, better and kinder towards each other. But they haven't been taught. They haven't been there had been very little guidance for these men because the role models, be it in their family or in the media, has not prepared them to do that. And let's be honest, a lot of the times, neither have women. Because most of the men out there who've been raised by men also had mothers. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So as, you know, a lot of people that have been raised by mothers, probably more so, didn't have a father than the other way around. But these mothers also, me it because they truly believe that's how a man should be or because they've also been fed this narrative that that's how a man should be and 
didn't have the energy, the time, the capability to question them, have encouraged young boys and men through the way they raised them and they taught them and the way they interacted with their fathers or their partners, that that is the way men should be. I mean, there's there's been women out there telling their boys, boys will be boys, or boys don't cry, you are the man of the house when your father isn't home, you are the one res responsible, more or less, because the man of the house is the one that calls the shots. Um, you're the one that, you know, take care of your little sister, uh, or your big sister, and <laughs> uh, you, you know, boys don't play with dolls, boys play with only these very specific kind of toys, and boys don't wear this, boys only wear this, um, boys don't want to interact with these kind of shows but only with these kind of shows or books or music um, or plays if they're even allowed to do any drama or a theater or dancing singing any of those things so it's not just men it's also women that do this and this is not to say you know i'm sure a lot of women have the best at heart for their kids and wanting them to be better but also, as I've said before, the way that a lot of women have experienced their fathers, not all of them, some have had terrible experiences with their fathers. This is, you know, not what I'm saying. And some women also, you know, teach their boys very good things and bring them up to be very nice, kind and still strong men. But a lot of women, especially in like the middle class, upper class and wealthy, highly educated um, backgrounds have had great experience with their fathers because their fathers could, you know, protect them and were there for them and could show their love to them because they were the daughters. And it was okay to tell a woman that you love her. It's okay to tell your daughter that you love her and that you're proud of her and that you, uh, that, you know, that you his little girl and like his darling and precious. It's okay. So you have an experience where you know, I want you to be like my dad because my dad was great and he probably was to you if that describes your experience with your father. But that's not to say that that's then the way you should teach your boy to be because he might turn out to be like your dad but for his son and for other men and also for some other women who weren't you specifically because there is a bit of a um, cognitive dissonance in how men treat their daughters and how they treat other women, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, the the main responsibility here lies with men, though. Lots of factors play a part, but we can't change the way we've been brought up. Now it's too late for that because we can't go back in the past. But we can change how we bring up our kids and how we bring up our sons. And this brings me back to: if you are not able to tell your kids you love them, or you feel like you find it very difficult to share your feelings honestly and to share your vulnerability and to show what it, what you feel in a healthy way. And healthy means not shouting over other people, not making other people feel bad for the way you are feeling. Doesn't mean that other people shouldn't take responsibility for if they make you feel this way, but there's nuance to it. And there's too much um, nuance than to explain this podcast. But what it all comes down to is have therapy <laughs> or find people who can help you get there so that the cycle is broken and you can be a loving father to your child especially your son 
and that they then can become the men we want more of in this world. The men who you want to be, the man who's loving and kind and who treats others regardless of their age, sex, gender, um, nationality, whatever, with kindness and doesn't need to show to other people that he's better than them because you are valuable the way you are. You are lovable the way you are. You are good the way you are. You don't need to win at everything or anything at all to be worth anything. So this is it. Um, thank you so much for listening or watching. And if you would like to get in touch, um, please feel free to message me on the website men-tail-health.com. There's an anonymous contact form. There is um, an anonymous contact form. There's an email address, tim at men-tail-health.com. You can message me on Instagram, men-tail-health underscore podcast. You can comment uh, on the YouTube video. Um, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to get a discussion going what you think about this video about parenthood and what your fathers may have done right or what they may have done bad or what you want to do if um, you are or are becoming a parent at some point. If you like this content um, or this episode, sorry, I shouldn't say content. Who says content? Uh, if you like this episode, uh, please, um, I would be super happy if you could like it, share it, um, subscribe to the podcast on wherever you um, are watching or listening to it. Um, rate the podcast on the podcast apps. It helps um, get more people to listen to the podcast. Um, you can support the podcast as well. Um, there will never be a paywall or any extra content. There, I said it's content again um, because I want all the information to be as free as possible. Um, but there are costs involved. So there's a link in the description below on YouTube and on the podcasting apps um, where you can for a small amount, if you can, um, support the podcast. Yeah, this is it. Um, as always, remember, I hear and I see you. And I hope you hear and or see me again next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.